Chapter 8 Something Different As soon as I got home, and for many hours after the book signing, he was all that I could think about. Every time I accidentally caught my reflection in a mirrored surface, I could see that I looked as happy as I felt on the inside. I was wearing the biggest grin that I had ever seen myself wear. Well, the biggest smile I had worn for a long time. And it was all because of him. I also felt different somehow. Different how? Well, I don't know precisely. But I could tell that there was something different about me. I was happy. Not to say that I hadn't been happy recently or anything, but I just felt... I just felt so overwhelmingly happy and maybe for the first time since 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 terry i wondered i wondered if i was this happy was i was i could i possibly be in love but how could i be in love how could anybody just fall in love with someone who they just met but do you know what it happens. It truly happens because it happened to me when I first met Terry. And I believed that it was happening again. But who was this man? I don't even know his name. And how could I allow myself to fall in love with a total stranger and someone who I may never see again? How could the wolf let that happen? The wolf was there the whole time, but they didn't do anything. Nothing. In fact, it felt like they actually retreated a little. But why? I know that you can hear me. I know that you didn't react for a reason. And, in a way, I'm glad that you didn't. But I don't know. It just seemed abnormal for you. What is it about this man? What was it about this mysterious man that made you turn into a little puppy and roll over? Do you have the hearts of him too? Do you? I asked the wolf within me. I was lost in my own little world for a while there, just lying on my bed and thinking about him. Talking to the wolf, talking to myself, I guess as the James Bond film Goldeneye played on the TV screen in my bedroom, even though I was not paying any attention to it until I was thrown out of my dream state by the sound of the front door slamming shut. I was startled to attention, as were the wolf's instincts peaked, especially when we heard the thumping sound of someone's footsteps racing up the stairs. I knew instantly that it was Melissa, and I could tell that she was upset for some reason. As I sat up, looking at the bedroom door, I could sense that Melissa was standing right outside my bedroom, where she stood for a few moments as if contemplating whether to come in and see if I was awake. However, within no time at all, and before I could get up and let her in, she quickly opened the door of her own bedroom and slammed it shut behind her. I knew that Melissa was upset, and even though I wanted her to have her own space and her freedom to be whom she wanted to be and I truly wanted to respect her privacy 
and no matter how hard I tried to resist the urge, I knew that I could no longer just sit idly by while she was in pain. So I got up out of bed. I walked out of my bedroom and then I knocked twice on Melissa's bedroom door. Missy, I said to the door. Go away, Melissa angrily replied. Honey, please, open the door. Talk to me. No, Mum, just, just leave me. Just leave me alone. Missy, believe me, whatever is going on with you, I can help you. I was a teenage girl once too, you know. Silence. I knocked on Melissa's bedroom door again. Missy, open the door. Open it right now. I mean it. Mum, go away. Just let me... Just give me... Just... Just... No, Melissa. No, I won't. You know why? Because you are my daughter. Because you are my responsibility. And because there is nothing that you are going through that I have not already been through in my life. Believe me. Silence again. Okay, Missy, you asked for it. If you don't open this door right now, then I'm going to take your phone. I'm going to take away the Wi-Fi. I'm going to ground you for the rest of the year unless you open up this door right now and talk to me. Mum, please, just leave. Please just leave me alone. I can't. I can't. I need to know what's wrong. And I want my daughter to talk to me and tell me what she is thinking and feeling. Like she used to. I said with tears in my eyes. As I lay the left side of my head against Melissa's bedroom door. Baby, talk to me, please. I said in a hushed tone of voice. As I simultaneously recalled my mum and dad having similar conversations with me through a similar poster-covered bedroom door way back when I was a teenager and not long after I first changed into the wolf and almost every time after I changed into the wolf which happened regularly like clockwork at the same time every month. Some things do change but for the most part they stay the same. History is a way of repeating itself. I don't remember being as difficult as Melissa was being then when I was her age. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I was worse. I never listened to my parents either. I had the wolf at my back constantly wanting to break out of me so that it could howl up to the sky, run through the forest and be as wild as they could be. Then Melissa's door swung open. And when I looked into Melissa's eyes, as she stood naked in the darkness of her unlit room, I saw that she was in pain and shaking from head to toe. Tears were streaming from her eyes like the constant flow of two waterfalls. I didn't know what to think, what to say, what to feel. Suddenly, Melissa ran over to me and she threw her arms around me, like she used to when she was younger. And then she whispered into my left ear. It's inside me. What? I whispered. What's inside you? I asked nervously. 
Them. You. Us. Me. She whispered, before she cried harder, and as her entire body began to shake more violently. I don't understand, I said, as I too began to cry fresh tears. I could feel the wolves start to rise within me, however I resisted them, and I tried to subdue them as much as I could. Not now. Not now. Then Melissa broke free of my embrace, and she fell to her hands and knees onto her bedroom floor, her whole body convulsing violently. The wolf in me was coming, however, I resisted again. And then, and then the realisation of what was going on and what was happening to Melissa finally dawned on me through the chaos and the horror that I witnessed happening before my eyes. No! I screamed at the top of my lungs. No! 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 I went to reach down and steady Melissa, but it was too late, because she, she had already begun to change. Then, everything, the world around me, the wolf inside me, went deafeningly silent, as I watched, as I witnessed, and as I saw my little girl transform into a wolf before my eyes. No, no! I didn't want this for you, I cried as I fell to my knees. No, please God, no. But despite my protests, history repeated itself. And Melissa, my beautiful daughter, followed in her mother's footsteps. And she became a wolf. Oh my God, this can't be happening, I said, as I looked in horror at Melissa in her wolf form as she looked back at me with what looked like tears in her eyes. Melissa slowly walked over to me. She put her nose to mine. She opened her mouth to expose a full set of sharp teeth. And then she... She... And then she said... Hello. Hello, Olivia. To which I did not reply... Mostly, quite frankly, because I was in a state of shock. Largely because I was starting to realise that where I was and what I saw might not in fact be happening. Because I was beginning to believe that I was in fact dreaming. And the person who I was looking into the face of was not my daughter as a wolf. It was the wolf. You, I said silently, nervously. You, you're not, you're not Melissa, I asked as I stared the wolf in the eye. No, I'm not. However, I am within her, just as I am within you, said the wolf. Their voice sounded old, wise, and their accent was distinctive, British, like the voice of my favourite actor, Judy Dench. Why have you come to me now? Why did you show me, show me Melissa changing? 
changing into a wolf. Into you? I asked, as more tears fell from my eyes. I'm always within you. However, sometimes there are things that must be seen to be believed and understood. And though this is not reality, and you are not awake in the physical sense of the word, this is no mere dream. This is a premonition of what will happen. Your daughter has reached the equinox of her existence, and from this day forwards she will begin experiencing more than she could ever believe to be possible, said the wolf in the always eloquently sounding voice of Judy Dench. I don't understand, I replied, as I tried to get my head around everything that was happening and everything that the wolf had just told me. Don't worry, Olivia. When the time is right, you will know what to do. But in the meantime, I must warn you that the path that you are on the cusp of walking down will be wrought with things of a nature that you have not known before. You will meet people, you will do things, you will go to places, and I too will go to those places with you. However, I beg you to be cautious and to not do what you know not to be the right thing to do. Open your heart, yes, but, but do not always allow your heart to dictate your actions, said the wolf solemnly, their mouth moving in perfect lip synchronicity with that of Judy Dench's distinctive voice. I will, I mean, I won't. I said, as I hesitantly looked away from the wolf momentarily, before I looked into their blue eyes again, and I said, I promise, I won't. Well, in that case, I believe that it is time for you to wake up, my child, because tomorrow is now, and now is tomorrow, said the wolf. I was just about to reply, what do you mean? However, before I could say anything further, I was thrust back to reality and to myself sitting up in bed with sweat pouring down my face, as if I had just awoken from the most terrifying nightmare that I had ever had. It was as I became aware that the bright light of the morning sun was streaming through the open curtains of my bedroom window that I knew for sure that I was truly awake. 